Welcome to LNG TV, bringing you dynamic conversations, thought-provoking reflections and inspiring stories from the leaders, pioneers and change agents spearheading growth across gas and LNG markets worldwide and shaping the transition to a cleaner, more sustainable and prosperous global energy landscape of tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to LNG TV. I'm Ali Vance and joined as always by Will Dawson. Today on our latest episode of LNG Excellence, we're joined by Madeline Jowdy, a foremost name in gas and LNG market advisory. With over 20 years in the global gas business, Madeline has held senior positions with New York-based commodity consulting firm Pyra and the pricing and data analytics division of S&P Global. She's now with FTI Consulting and we look forward to discussing Madeline's career the power of storytelling in shaping the industry, and also what some of the challenges the industry could be facing. Madeline, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Will. Thank you, Ali, for having me. It's really refreshing to see the creative energy and dedication um, and talent devoted to this outlet, not to mention hearing from all the distinguished guests. So I really am thrilled to be here. Well, you are our latest distinguished guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so FTI, a, a new role for you. How, how are you finding the first few months there? It's been it's been fantastic. Um, actually, this year is very special for me because it marks 20 years in the LNG business, and I have made a transition from a long-term employer to join FTI Consulting. Um, FTI is a big it's a big firm with a number of diverse practices with an origin story in forensic accounting. Um, thankfully, I'm still in the LNG business, but with a new focus on the energy transition issues that many of our clients and associates are now facing. I'm gonna be building out the growing LNG practice and leading various other gas and power modeling projects. It was, um, it was a bit of a circuitous route to land on this particular team, but I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to play a role in the global efforts to reduce carbon emissions by um, by enhancing our models and assumptions on trade flows to help our clients navigate this new reality. Yeah, you've, you've built a career as a, and become an incredibly trusted advisor. Um, you know, specifically for the gas and energy industry, this is a particularly interesting time to be an advisor, I would imagine. Um, you know, there's a number of hot topics, but maybe what do you think are some of the important changes or challenges faced by the industry, rather than those that are being talked about, perhaps maybe some of those that aren't being talked about, but you think are still really important? This industry has a lot of challenges, but I would say the main problem is that we're all talking about a lot of things um, and, and we're saying very little. So we're either talking at each other or we're preaching to the converted. And the challenge is that we're not really getting anywhere. So, you know, the right people, and by those I mean the leaders in our government, the regulators, the enforcers, the consumers, the producers, the energy impoverished, energy impoverished and the energy endowed are not sitting together to generate real workable solutions. In, in LNG specifically, if we want to create a, say a trading mechanism for carbon mitigated cargos, then buyers and sellers and shippers all need to work together to address the concerns 
and the costs, really, the costs for each party. And um, I think, you know, the lowest hanging emissions fruit may be just staring us right in the face and we just haven't rigged our system currently to mitigate it. Um, I think of the open doors in a shopping center with the AC blasting. And I think these are, you know, these are places bringing these people together where advisory firms like FTI and others can play a huge role in um, creating workable solutions. You've been a, a journalist and an advisor. How do you see the two roles sitting side by side together? Is there any conflict? Well, everybody, Ali, loves a good story, as, as we all know. Um, in the... It, it, in the context of the LNG business, whether you're writing a corporate sustainability report or doing a market impact statement or due diligence, a good solid narrative that puts everything into context, ideally provides some insights and has a solid, well-defined conclusion is critical to making strategic decisions. Um, there's, you know, there's many good analysts and statisticians and modelers out there to support the work that I've been doing over the past 10 years. But, um, you know, a real, you know, and a really good analyst is, you know, is good at, at looking at that data. But to be a great analyst, I believe you do need to um, be a great storyteller as well. And so that's someone who's supporting long-term strategy as opposed to say short-term trading decisions and investments. You really, you have to be able to answer the so what, and that doesn't necessarily emerge from the, the models and the statistics. Uh, and is it therefore really important to have an opinion and stick by that opinion? Absolutely not. I think it's, I think it's, and that's why I like the idea of framing this as, as tell, framing the work that I do is, is telling a story because you, nobody's going to go, nobody can go into data, you know, objectively looking at it. None of us do that um, in, in, in any area, whether it's science or business or relationships, unfortunately. And so I think it's, um, if you look at it, if you frame it that you're, you're telling a story and that you're trying to find some insights or something special that allows you to open your mind um, much more than if you were just looking at the data and saying, OK, I just need to you know, generate a report on this. Um, you were talking about the power of stories. Um, have there been any stories that have inspired you in your career? Yes. Alan Chi, as we know, is a very technical field. And you know, no matter what part of the you know, non-technical spectrum that you're on, so like me, advisory or analytics or trading or risk management, business development, you really have to get in there and understand as much as possible about the liquefaction and transport and regasification parts of the value chain. Um, as much as you can, or you're going to make a mistake. So there's sort of no avoiding the technical side of the business. In terms of the people that have really inspired me, you had a guest recently, Tony Diacci, who started his career at Atlantic Avenue, or excuse me, Atlantic LNG. I lived on Atlantic Avenue at one point. Um, and, you know, it made me think of, the, of um, one person there, Betsy Spilmer, who uh, played a, cr a critical role in that project. And I was very inspired by her because she had a degree in history. 
And I'd long tried to, you know, get her on the phone and talk to her. And at, at one point I ambushed her at a conference and she was between meetings running around. And I said, I'm so inspired by the fact that you're running this huge project and that you've developed this huge project. Like, how did you do it with a degree in history? Just, you know, tell me. Um, so she did speak with me for a few minutes and she's gone on to be involved with many LNG projects over her career. And what words of advice would you give to youngsters looking to get into the industry and actually those, as you, you talked about, those from different backgrounds or different um, education routes into how, what advice would you try and give them if they wanted to, to, to come into LNG or in, in advisory roles? Well, something that not a lot of people know about me is that I had a previous career in the fashion business and I was a producer, which is the person that sort of brings together all the, you know, creative team and, you know, the business team that's financing the, the various productions and, um, you know, executing a project, whether it's a catalog or a video or so on. And the most valuable lesson I learned from working in the fashion business was that you're only as good as your last job. So, you know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, negotiated a deal three years ago with, you know, several adversaries that have been trying to come together for years and years. If, you know, last week you were sloppy in your shipping analysis and you have a spot cargo that you need to deliver and, and you don't have a ship. Well, you're done. So, you know, I I live by this rule in everything I do, whether it's a proposal that probably won't get chosen or a report. And I try to convey this to, to people that work for me and people who ask me for advice is that you're only as good as your last job. Uh, you've kind of clearly inspired people along the way, but is, is there kind of maybe one person who particularly stands out for you? Uh, as having had a huge impact on your career? Yes, absolutely. And that person, I, I will name him by name, Ira, Ira Joseph, who is also a student of, of history and literature. And so that, that inspires me. Um, he's now the head of pricing at SP Global. He brought me into Pyra back in the day to build the LNG business there. And he is perhaps my, my biggest motivator. And the reason for that is that while he has this, you know, artistic and literary side to him, he really taught me that I could sort through any data or any an analytics issue or any client problem by just sitting down and using my brain. And that may sound very basic, but it's very true. The other thing that, that he conveyed to me is that by working effectively, and efficiently, I should be out of the office by 6 p.m. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish someone had given me that advice earlier in my career, but it's definitely a good one. I didn't necessarily take that advice, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, if we can, I just would like to sort of flip back, um, kind of thinking back to your earlier points on the energy transition. Um, you know, something that I see, again, it, you know, being a part of the industry, but sort of looking outside, looking in maybe, um, is the narrative that the energy transition is, uh, or the conversation is, it, responsibilities put firmly on the shoulders of the supply side, um, not so much the kind of demand or, or, or the customer side. Um, you know, 
If you're the industry, do you think that that's just something that needs to be accepted or, or, or is it a narrative that needs to be challenged? Unfortunately, that ship has sailed. Um, I think the best that we can do as an industry and um, also as consumers, by the way, not just the industry, but the best thing that we can do right now is to rise up to the challenge, um, to look in the mirror or maybe the satellite imagery that shows all the methane clouds all over this planet and just say, how, you know, how can we do better? You know, how can we operate more cleanly, more efficiently, more responsibly? This has been the subject of, you know, many of the conversations with clients and contacts that I've had and um, since I started at FTI. Um, and I think the question is how. So, you know, so what do we do? We, we can't change the situation. You know, what do we what do we do? And I have been really amazed by all of the innovation out there. Um, you know, solutions could be as simple as, you know, fixing a storage, a leaking storage tank or a pipeline. Um, and they can also be as expensive and really, you know, realistically not as economically viable as adding carbon capture and storage. Um, I think, you know, the main thing will be getting producers and consumers to work together in a genuine spirit of cooperation with, you know, whatever level of economic development or resources they may possess. So those are your hopes for the, the industry. What about um, you, I guess, personally? Um, we talked about people who've made an impact on you and your, your career, but um, for you, when you do eventually look back on your career and you retire, what impact would you like to leave? Well, Ali, I'd really like to, you know, emulate some of your distinguished guests and say that, you know, I want to leave this business in a better place than when I came into it, you know, almost 20 years ago. Um, but what I'd really like is to have an LNG tanker named after me. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be new. It could be a retrofit. It could be a bunker <laughs> vessel. I think that's the reason why I spend so much time, you know, promoting LNG as a bunker fuel. So you just want a boat named after you. That sounds like a, I'm sure that somebody out there will, yeah. will definitely oblige you on that one. <laughs> Thank you so much, Madeline. It's been a pleasure. Um, it's been, it's been great to talk to you. You've been um, inspiring words and um yeah, I, I enjoy your the, the, your your comment on having a, wanting to have a boat named after you um, as your impact. Uh, refreshing. But uh, thank you so much to Madeline for joining us on LNG TV. Thank you so much for watching us. You've been watching the latest episode of LNG Excellent.